um, yeah, Carnifex joins me again from Australia. How are you going, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Um, apologies in advance if I miss anything because I had a bit of like a little break, um, but I've tried to scrabble through and, and make sure I've got a list of stuff to talk about. Um, I guess the first off thing I need to mention is that um, Mark Smith uh, basically gave away some rule books in exchange for um, a donation to Cancer Research UK and Dingleson and uh, Davide um, provided some donations and made a new home for these rule books that were given out um, for like second ed 40k and things like that. So that's pretty um, generous. And I think like all people involved there should pat yourself on the back because that's a, that's a good, good way to do a donation and receive something uh, in return. Uh, well done guys. I like it. Yeah. That's now, an awesome, awesome initiative. So yeah. Well done everybody involved with that. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, good work. Now, all over social media, Facebook, etc., cetera, um, bring out your lead 2022. Um, some insane pictures of beautifully painted terrain and battles and models um, across the board, across all games. Um, I, I guess the thing that really stands out for me is there was a orc versus ultramarines battle with some amazing terrain. I'm sure you spotted that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a pretty cool selfie from old man paints with some uh, basically games workshop celebrities more or less, but um, you guys can check that out in the discord. Uh, bring out your lead area. I highly recommend it. Got a good giggle out of me. Yeah, Old Main Paints, he recently joined our Discord after finding out how to join it. Like, he had no idea what Discord was. His daughter went on about it. He said, what's this Discord thing you're going on about? So, uh, yeah, Old Man, Old Man Paints finally joined us. Uh, he worked out how to do it, how to work, how to change his um, pro, uh, profile picture and that kind of thing. So, yeah, he's a really good guy. I met him through um, Instagram. Um, yeah, he's good. He's really good guy. He's, he was like, send. he'll just send, like, videos of him just talking about stuff related to hobby or he'll just send like a voice message. And I thought it was a really way, a good way of connecting with people like his, his friends on um, Instagram. So I said, mate, come and join us uh, on discord. So he has, and really good to see there's a good um, lot of old hammerers uh, present on our discords now, which is great. And yeah, bring out your lead. I think it might've been the most successful one, especially such a short time after like, you know, all the, lockdowns and stuff in in the uk uh but to have like jervis johnson turn up and to check out the uh, revenge of the doom lord battle scenario that, that he wrote and the guys are playing it like dave and all the other guys are playing it um that that would have been a pretty spectacular thing i think awesome so cool and um so cool to uh, yet again, I'll use this term, but live vicariously through the photos and uploads that I saw from people. So thanks very much for doing that, guys. Um, need to shout out happy birthday to Marcel and Joe the Guardsman. I know it's well past now, but, uh, you know, we uh, had a, a, a hilarious uh, time wishing them happy birthday. And um, we haven't seen, uh, you know, Justin... Um, Mustering of Arms uh, online on the Discord in the paint and chat. So uh, come back home, Justin. We miss you. Um, 
Yeah, I've, 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 I've been quite guilty of not being on there for a very long time, so I'm going to try to make it on there. Uh, now, it's my holidays. I have no excuse, but I have been pr pretty busy the last three days watching um, the end of uh, Stranger Things, like Series 4, so mm -hmm. me and my wife being hooked on that and just finding the time to watch it after my son's gone to bed and that kind of stuff. So, But now there's no excuse. I'll have to go and say hello to the guys there and, and see what they're up to. Yep, come in and have a chat, everyone. Um, YouTube community channels. So there's been some new channels mentioned there, uh, Big Small Worlds and On The Lamb Games. Um, highly recommend you just add, like as soon as you open up one of those links um, to those YouTube pages, just hit subscribe um, straight away. Like, because eventually like people are just going to be churning out videos after videos. It'll come into your feed. It's definitely going to be something you're going to enjoy to watch. So... Um, do that support everyone and, and get a nice list of uh, subscriptions going so your feed's not flooded with um, strange uh, clips that the youtube algorithm thinks that you want to see it's all rubbish uh, <laughs> you can now that right yeah you got that right man. oh yeah it's 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 really bad so what's happening with I'll just touch on this briefly, but um, a lot of social media platforms are trying to become TikTok, um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube clips. Uh, they're all trying to cram in these rubbishy little uh, 10 seconds to 30 second clips and just flood everyone with them. It's it's just mindless drivel. Um, fight against it. Subscribe to things <laughs> that you like. Watch them yeah. and then always hit a like. Be the resistance. And if you have five yeah. seconds... Put a comment in, like say, great video or something like that. It doesn't yeah. matter. Just support support what you like. Yeah. Don't be brainwashed by these horrible machines. <laughs> and watch watch the Alex Jones watch the Alex Jones trial. That's that's absolutely hilarious. That's that's worth every every penny of your time. <laughs> My God. <laughs> but let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 but um so, but mate, you've been playing—you've been playing second edition, mate, just to break things up a bit. But um, you've posted yeah, yeah, pictures with Brandy Dog. Uh, you've actually played the game. You're not even just talking about it. You actually played it. Yeah, guilty as charged. So uh, myself, uh, Brandy Dog, my Tosis Fish, and um, One Drink Balva, uh, we got together and did sort of like a two v two game with some orcs and gene stillers and terrain. I made a very horrible PDF uh, file that I put into the. Um, battle reports section that you can squint and have a look at but uh yeah we just basically cut it down you know four turn limits four by four um battle game area and uh no psychics and just limited points and uh, it was very fun because it, we kept things flowing you know um we had a lot of reading and, and catching up on the rules and and just remembering how restrictive some things were, but uh, it was just a friendly match, so, you know, no um, weird rules lowering or anything like that. And um, lots of hilarious things to do with vehicles, like um, people penetrating rhinos and uh, not killing them uh, is really bizarre and, and forgetting just how tough... Um, Vehicles in second edition were um, because that jump from second edition to third ed, um, yeah, things like rhinos were came complete rubbish, um, and they were really tough in second. It was really strange, but yeah, you can check that out. Um, I did manage to catch a bit of um, the remote gaming that you were doing as well um, with the Manowar game the other day. 
And I noticed you did a Hero Hammer match and Confrontation as well. So you've been really busy. Oh, yeah, we're trying to get some some games in over my holidays. I always try to do that if I can. Um, but, yeah, I had a really good game with uh, the uh, Justin and Paul. Uh, that was on the first day of our holidays. We thought we'd kick it off with a game of uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battle 5th Edition, but with the Flailer Skulls twist. And on the Patreon, that video is up there now. It's like just like a like a post-turn kind of um, review of it, what happened each turn. Um, now, that's up there for those guys who want to watch it. Um, and thanks for, thanks for supporting me, guys. So enjoy that one. But uh, good news is they're going to come back on the 22nd because Justin got another day off to come up here to play with Paul and myself. I'm going to uh, bring the same list, maybe with a slight um, change. And I think the other the guys are going to change their Wood Elf list as well. But um, one of the guys in the community, uh, Totter uh, from Denmark, he wrote my list for me. And it's been just so awesome. Like he, he made up all the names of all the characters and the unit names from the Dwarf language lexicon in the Dwarf 4th edition book. Um, so just hilarious stuff. Totally unpronounceable. I can't read what they actually say, but I'll I've, I've posted up um, that on the Discord of um, the entire list. So we're going to play that again on the 22nd. So I'm really looking forward to that because I really enjoyed the guys coming up and playing a big game of Warhammer Fantasy. Um, but yeah, played um, with Chris again, uh, Man of War, uh, with this time the Bretonian fleet. I've never played Bretonians before. He's got a beautifully painted full complete fleet of that so i took that he took the high elves and uh, had a really good match with chris uh, that was yesterday yeah yesterday morning um really enjoyed that and i played some uh, confrontation with paul uh as a year since we played a game of that so um really enjoy that i'm just now uploading the video to the youtube channel i had some difficulties with it um, last night for some reason it was only uploading an hour of the one hour and 40 minute video but it seems to be going well now so that's cool so look out for that um, very shortly but yeah mate yeah been having lots of lots of fun uh, playing games and you know sort of dreaming of the projects that I want to fulfill but just not having the time to bloody do it though mate yeah you really got to chip away at these things eh? and just do a little bit of planning and then hopefully it'll force into place yeah, mate. Yeah, absolutely. But I love seeing like the bring out your lead, like, um, you know, watching that scenario that um, Dave put together with a lot of other guys. But I think mainly Dave did all the um, Dave Gilson. Uh, he painted all the armies. He made all the terrain. You know, seeing something that coming coming together is really inspirational. And it's, um, you know, it's getting me inspired to do some uh, do something like that or start on doing some scenarios like uh, Battle for Eastgate and that kind of thing in the works. But um, yeah, mate, I've been talking that for ages, but like you say, you've got to start somewhere and you've got to really chip at it uh, like 30 minutes a day kind of thing to realise these sort of uh, projects, eh? Yeah, uh, I mean, for myself, I'm hoping to eventually get um, a regular gaming session done maybe every month, minimum one day within a year. So that's that's the goal at the moment. Um, oh, absolutely, and, yeah. You know, if you, if you can paint these things and work on them and then actually get a game in, that's that's the best. That's the best feeling, isn't it? Like you see them. But yeah. I really would like to see, yeah, your Tyranids against Brandy Dog's Space Wolves. I mean, that'd be quite cool. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be crazy. Yeah. One day, one day. Yeah. We'll, we'll promise well, to lock that in. Well, kind of you won't be disappointed because today I've got a very good old friend of mine and um, who's part of, uh, who's the ma main person behind Wear Weevil Miniatures. Um, people may have been, uh, well, may, may have seen his work on Facebook, 
or on his uh, external site out of, out of Facebook. Basically, he has designed um, the um, lots of miniatures based on the 40k universe. So think of like squats and orcs and um, mainly mainly squats. So he's got like these egg bots type designs, which are like uh, guys in exo armor and that kind of thing, dwarves in exo armor. So he's done a lot of that. And I think, yeah, you'll really like this kind of chat back in time uh, into playing uh, 40k with your old squad armies and you'd want, you know, if you wanted more designs or more variation in your, in your units, well, this is the way to do it because Marcus is um, uh, designing them and casting them in resin and selling them. So I look forward to um, bringing that interview to everybody very shortly and yeah, getting, getting in touch with him, go to the show notes, you'll find the links there to his site. And so you can check out his full catalog of, of models and, um, and order away. So, yeah. And let's be honest, they'll be a hundred times better than the current squats that uh, GW has decided to put out, um, which are horrible and generic. And they're not even and squats. Some don't have beards. <laughs> they don't even have beards. What is going on? Yeah, there was this like there was a um there's a Kickstarter recently like from Gingerbeard. Um, yep. He did some. They look awesome. Uh, they look fantastic. But the the price is so prohibitive. I think it was like eighty euros or something like that for five guys. Um, unfortunately, but yeah, that was that was the that was the only one I can think of that would that really you know did them justice. Um, that looked like the kind of second edition, the ones you that featured on the Dark Millennium um, inside covers. They had those yep. two unreleased squats. Yeah, those ones I absolutely love. I mean that 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 epitomizes what I think squats should look like in 40k, um, oh, yeah. more more so than the rogue trader ones. But yeah, I, I really really love that design. So anybody who can pull that off, I've got to ask Marcus to do that. It's actually you know base them on those um, ones from second edition. I think he'll have a great time and great success in doing those. But even Marcus is playing second edition 40k, so it's it's the bug has sort of caught on to him as well, and he's he's got his old collections out and playing with his Eldar and Orcs now. So yeah, he's really busy painting up uh, his old collection of uh, pile of pile of shame, a pile of lead. So that's really <laughs> awesome to see, mate. So yeah, I'm really happy to see people playing games. Yeah, can't wait to listen to that. Well, mate, without further ado, let's get on with the interview and uh, let's see what Marcus has to say. So thanks again, awesome. Graphics, for joining me again um, this week. Sorry for the lateness of this um, recording uh, of this podcast coming out, but yeah, basically when I get an interview um, lined up, we can we can release it. If we don't have one, well, then you'll just have to wait, unfortunately. Uh, but luckily, we've got a couple lined up already. So um, yeah, yeah, and sit back, enjoy, enjoy, guys, and uh, let's listen to what Marcus has to say. Okay, mate, take care. Until next time, Carnifex. Will do. And a big shout out to everyone who's posting up their minis in the Discord. Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy it. Yeah, guys, thanks for joining the uh, the communities we have online. And please keep inspired, keep keep being inspired and keep producing and uh, keep enjoying your hobby. Okay, until then, take care, guys. Bye-bye. See ya. Let's do thanks, this. Again, thanks again for joining us again, Marcus. I know we're yeah, sort of trying to tee up our times up, mate. Uh, yeah. But we're lucky because Japan and Australia is only like an hour away. Yes, it's very uh, serendipitous. It is indeed. But we've been good friends for a long time. And uh, yeah. if people haven't listened to our chat with yourself and Bradley, um, that's 
on another podcast about Gunnersbury Lane, isn't it, in London? Yes, Gunnersbury Lane, at, uh, London, back in the, the good old days when we were young and had no grey hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, speak for yourself, mate, I've got no grey hair. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> I can just hear your, your sultry voice at the moment, that's Josh. That's, so. that's right. <laughs> But, um, yeah, we started off way back in the um, the mid-90s. We went over yeah. to London in 94. Yeah. And, um, mate, but how, we, we met obviously before that. So yeah. how, did, how did you actually get into, like, wargaming and that kind of thing? Um, wargaming was a natural evolution from role-playing. Um, when I was about 13 in high school, I remember sitting there listening to a couple of kids talking about dragons and ogres and killing these things and, you know, leveling up and what, and I, and I had no idea what they were talking about, but it intrigued me because I was always a, a big fan of, of fantasy. And, um, and so I eavesdropped in on that conversation and, you know, the longer I listened, the more intrigued I got. And eventually I, I plucked up the courage and said, well, you know, what are you talking about? And they, they more or less tried to brush me off, you know, and, and, um, I said, no, 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 I'm I'm actually interested. What what are you what are you talking about? And so they they gave me a you know a bit of a rundown of you know oh, it's Dungeons and Dragons and this, that, and the other. And I thought, well, that sounds pretty cool. And kind of left it at that. And then, you know, a couple of days later I heard them talking about it again. And again, I, I sort of started asking questions and long story short, got into their DD group, absolutely loved it, got really hooked on it. Um, and we played that for years. Um probably for the next five or six years we played, you know, and, and um, you know, some of the marathon sessions that we had were just, you know, the things you look back on really fondly um, as an adult, you know, from some of the, the great things you did when you were a kid was the old D&D sessions and, and we had a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, that that um, recreation in the mind um, was more sort of put into a 3D um view when when you know the dm started using some figures to represent um you know our characters and the monsters and whatnot and i'd never really seen them um and so i was quite interested in them um and then one of my other mates um his older brother was playing 40k and i went over there one day and, and saw them playing this game and uh um i was just blown away like it, it, I'd never seen anything like it it was like you know it was almost like looking at, at you know that the handful of figures that we'd been using for D&D um but times by a hundred because you know they had like 40 or 50 figures on each side and, and it was all over this massive table with full of terrain that looked like a you know you know miniature landscape which just it just totally ignited my imagination and I uh, um, you know, it certainly helped that one of the guys um, could actually paint quite well and, and I was utterly fascinated by the figures and and then I kind of got hooked on that and, um, uh, yeah, look, that's how basically I sort of got into it and, and um, you know, like everyone, when I first started painting miniatures, I was pretty ordinary. Uh, I think most of us are, you know, unless you've got a, a savant ability, Um or have a really, really good teacher helping you from the very first figure you, you paint, um, you know, you go through a lot of trial and error and, and you know, watching other people and, you know, I suppose bearing in mind too back then when you and I were sort of getting into painting, 
the only thing we really had to refer to was either our friends or White Dwarf. And, you know, I don't know about you, Josh, but for me, seeing the original stuff in White Dwarf was, it seemed unachievable. Um, it just seemed so good and so far ahead of anything that I was doing at that point that I just thought, oh, no way in the world I'll ever get to sort of that standard or anything like that. And, um, um, but yeah, look, obviously, um, things change when you, you, you put a bit of effort and time into it and ask que questions and, and get the right advice and see other people's examples. Um, and, uh, you get better. And, and I mean, without, I'm going to probably end up mentioning the, the evil, overlords games workshop a few times in this this chat josh but I'll, I'll try to refrain where possible but there's no no secret that most gamers have their origins in games workshop games um certainly from you know 20 30 years ago anyway because they back then they were the pretty much the kings there was not a hell of a lot of competition and many of us um had our roots in you know in their games um and yeah, I mean, obviously, you and I met through through that, um, through the gaming and, and the miniatures and, and painted stuff, and and um, uh, and you know, obviously, we've been friends ever since. Um, and our our own sort of personal painting journey, uh, for want of a better term, has also sort of gone through all sorts of different, you know, um, iterations and heights. Um, you know, and obviously, back when. You and I were, were living in London uh, with Brad um, and you ended up getting the, the job at, at um, Games Workshop in the Heavy Metal studio. I was so stoked for you. I just thought that was awesome, um, you know, because, you know, when when you and I first, I suppose, met, our painting abilities were pretty much on a par. And, um, uh, yeah, and, and it, you know, when you went to, to the Heavy Metal studio, I just saw your painting sort of go through the roof. Um, and after, you know, you, you finished your stint there, even though it was relatively short, um, it, it, I think it, it expanded your, um, repertoire, so to speak. Uh, and that spurred me on to sort of, you know, do better. And, and then of course, eventually, you know, in 1998, uh, they finally ended up holding a, the first golden demon competition in Australia. And, um, yeah, I think you entered the first one. I didn't go down to that first one. I went to the second one and, you know, many more after that. But that competition um, spurred, you know, me at least uh, on to be as, as good as I possibly could be. Um, and that was my main focus was just, com you know, competitive painting for the next 10, 12 years. And, and then, then for whatever reason, they pulled the pin on it and um, there was no more games workshop um uh, sorry golden demon in in australia and not long after that you know that they pulled the pin on in many other countries and only ended up having it in the uk and i think it's only in the last what year that they've actually opened it up again to the us but um yeah i mean long story short there as i said you know that the the first thing that got me into it was was role playing and it just evolved from there um but I suppose, you know, the next logical question you might be thinking after that is, well, what what made you start sculpting? Um, and it literally follows on from from the the ending of, of Golden Demon in Australia. Um, you know, when they stopped holding it, I was, you know, I had 
probably another dozen entries planned for the next few years. And and they pulled the pin on it. And I thought, well, buggier, you know, <laughs> why should I paint your figures and why should I do you any favour if you've just pulled the rug out from under me and all of the other painters, uh, you know, around Australia that that loved, you know, competing um, and, and, you know, meeting up every year and, and, and doing, you know, encouraging each other and doing the best we could and things like that. And unfortunately, at, at that point, there was no other real sort of um, uh, prestigious painting competitions around. So, you know, there was plenty of plenty of other regional competitions in each state where you'd have, you know, like in Sydney, they had a couple like Moab and, and um, in Canberra, they had CanCon and, and things like that. But none of them were on the sort of same level of exposure or or level of competition as what, you know, Golden Demon was. So anyway, you know, after that, uh, I just thought to myself, well, maybe I can start doing more of my own thing for starters. And I think, you know, I'm not the only one in that respect because many, many other painters I used to compete against um, went on to do their own thing as well. Um, I mean, two off the top of my head, um, Victoria Lamb, you know, with her Victoria miniatures and Sebastian Archer with um, his veiled lamp. And before that, I think it was Guild of Harmony and a few other iterations before that. But, you know, there's a couple of us, you know, that ended up sculpting our own figures. And, um, and, and, and you know, that was our prime focus or creative focus instead of painting for Golden Demon. Um, so, yeah, that was that. Was that. Yeah, it's good memories actually from Golden Demon days, wasn't it? From um, mm. like I remember Oz Painters being like the forum, the Australian forum. Yeah, yep. well, I think it was an international forum, but but yeah, we had a lot of people like Sebastian Archer on there. Man, yep. that guy could paint with me. Like, wow, oh, he was yeah. just like a prodigy. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, look, you know, he, he the first time I saw him enter was literally the first time he entered and he won the sword. Um, but the figure that he entered, I was just blown away. I'd never seen anything even in the uk when i went to some of the golden demons there i'd never seen anything as good um you know he did this i think it was a word bearer chaplain um and it had all this freehand on it and he did a lot of his, his own sculpting and converting on it and things like that and you know the only thing that i could pick on from a, a critical perspective was you know some of the sculpting on the face was a little bit a little bit cartoonish, but that was just me and my my own sort of, you know, nitpicking. But the painting was flawless um, and I just, I was stunned. And, you know, I wasn't surprised at all that he won the sword that year and I certainly wasn't surprised in the several years after that that he won a few more. Um, so, uh, and again, uh, beyond that, for him, you know, doing more sculpting, um it was a logical evolution for him to start up his own, you know, sculpting company um, because I think some of his uh, Golden Demon entries, you know, after that ended up being full sculpts. Like I think he ended up going to the um, Golden Demon in the UK and winning gold with a full scratch-built um, Skaven uh, and also a scratch-built Nurgle Terminator or something like that. It, but yeah, look, they were phenomenal, and um, yeah, he, he's he's a cut above. I mean, there's there's a couple others I've you know seen in the last few years sort of crop up, which um, 
you know, one in particular, I don't know whether you've sort of heard of him or not, but um, uh, Colwell, uh, what's his last, uh, first name? Um, David Colwell. Um, okay, not familiar you... with this guy, mate. No, no, not, no? not familiar with him. No. Yeah. Dave Colwell, yeah, he, he's, he's, I think he lives in Melbourne, but um, uh, some of his stuff is just sublime. It, it really is. Um, like, I've been doing a few um, painting tutorials over the last two years. Um, you know, I'll just hold these classes where, you know, we cap it at 10 people and we go for about three or four hours and, and go through all the, the you know, A to Z of, of painting and whatnot, mainly aimed at for sort of beginners to intermediates. Um, but at the end of that, I usually give everyone a list um, of uh, practice exercises they can do but also a bit of information about things and places they can look at and miniature painters they, whose work they can look at if they, you know, Google it. And, um, yeah, look, both, you know, both Sebastian and um, and Dave's name is on that list. Um, so, you know, it's good to see a few Aussies on the list. I mean, obviously there's a, a bunch of other international painters as well. But, um, uh, yeah, look, there's... Um, you know, I think that if he was painting back then when I was competing, if I was in the same, you know, category, I'd, I'd get blown away. <laughs> but, um, no, look, it, it was good fun. It, it, it pushed my abilities. It, you know, I mean, I've, I'm a naturally competitive person, I suppose, whether I like it or not. Um, and, uh, you know, I try to sort of do things in the right spirit and, and not be a sore winner or a sore loser. But I, I do like I do like a bit of competition. And, um, and that's why I loved sort of going to Golden Demon each year. It was it was a it was a reason for me to push myself with my painting because I think without it, I, I don't think I would have pushed myself anywhere near as much as I did, and certainly wouldn't have really sculpted. Um, because again, you know, like Sebastian and and you know Vic um, as well, the the full sculpting you know was an evolution from converting figures and and you know making your own unique ones based on just chopping and changing and adding a few bits and sculpting new faces or weapons or pouches and backpacks, you know, simple stuff um, to, you know, the, the first attempts at full scratch builds. Um, I mean, I did do a few attempts when I was a lot younger, um, but they were always pretty ordinary. And I, and because I think, because they were ordinary, I was, I suppose, a bit, I don't know, disheartened um, because I didn't have any help. I didn't have anyone guiding me um, or that I could sort of ask for help or show me how to do things. So I was always, again, self-taught, um, you know, watching reference of, of other stuff and, and things like that. So some of my, you know, first sculpts were crap, really. I mean, <laughs> they really were. Um, I still kept them. I, I've got all my old sculpts. I've never thrown any of them away. Um, you probably don't remember it, Josh, but I think I actually ended up. I sculpted uh, one or two figures. Yeah, way in Nottingham. Back. In Nottingham, you sculpt you like in in London. Sorry, you you sculpted the uh, squig bombs, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Remember those? Yeah. yeah. Um. So there was those, and but even before that, there was two um two figures. There was a goblin and a dwarf. And they were terrible. Like I'm, I'm like I'm sitting here at my desk, looking at across at, at where they are on, on the shelf, and um, they're terrible. But you know they're completely made out of milliput. I had no idea about the properties of how to sculpt that and and what tools to use and things like that. <clears throat> I think I ended up using a 
uh, needle uh, <laughs> and, um, and and a, and a toothpick or something like that. But um, yeah, look, it it started off very uh, slowly and and small, um, and then I sort of put them away for a while, and and then after five or six years of no golden demon, I was just pottering around doing my own thing, uh, doing a bit of painting of, of armies and stuff like that. <clears throat> Excuse me, and. And then I got the urge to do something a bit different um, with sculpting and, and I'd seen a few other people online uh, give it a go. And and funnily enough, again, I think it was the, the competitive sort of streak in me. I was seeing people bringing out their own line of figures or their own little ranges of figures that I felt were, and I really don't want this to come across as arrogant, but I thought they were pretty ordinary and, you know, I thought that if they can do that and make money out of it, surely some of the pretty ordinary ones that I've got sitting on my shelf, you know, may be able to sell also. And um, But I wasn't happy with what I was sculpting. I mean, I, you know, I thought my stuff was pretty ordinary as well, but it did give me uh, the impetus to, to pull my finger out and, and actually start getting better at sculpting. So... I did. I started sculpting and, you know, doing more and, and uh, pushing the boundaries. And then I, I, I sort of ended up sculpting this um, this orc, um, which later went on to be the second figure in my range of Weevil miniatures. Um, and I call it the universal orc um, because it was never designed or intended to be a knockoff of anyone's um you know, uh, aesthetics or anything like that from any other gaming company. Like I wasn't trying to copy Games Workshop or copy Privateer Press or, you know, whoever. Um, I just wanted to make my own orc and make it look a bit different. And and so I did. And anyway, I was pretty happy with how that turned out, but I ended up chucking it in the, in the shelf, you know, in my desk and, and um, forgot about it for probably four years. Um, and I think it was around that time that I, you know, we had – young kids and that kind of pulled the attention away for, for a while. And, and then eventually, you know, I, I started doing a bit more painting and, and then got back into sculpting again and, and again found myself drawn to, I think by that stage, Kickstarter had become a bit of a thing. And again, I started seeing these people doing these Kickstarters with all these figures that, that were, you know, they were all right, but I thought, my orc's better than that. <laughs> Why don't I just pull my finger out and do something? And and I think the biggest thing that stopped me all that time was that I thought my stuff just wasn't good enough. Um, and why would anyone pay money for that? Um, you know, and it was just, it was self-doubt and, and lack of self-confidence. Um, but I thought, no, I, I'm never going to, I don't want to die wondering um, and I'll never know if I never try. So I ended up um, talking to one of my mates that I, you know, new mates that I, I met uh, when I moved up here to the Sunshine Coast from Brisbane, um, Zach, um, Zach Soden. Uh, he used to be called Mango Zach uh, on the internet and had his own website called uh, Resin Addict. Um, and I asked him, I said, mate, can you do me a favour and cast up um, – 
some figures for me or, or rather cast up one of my figures for me because I've got no idea idea how to do it. And um, by that stage, I'd, I'd sculpted a second figure, which was the Terminator, um, as opposed to a Terminator. <laughs> um, and that was a, a, an orc parody. Um, and again, you know, inspired by uh, Games Workshop um, tin boys, you know, way back in the day that they'd stopped making. Um, and so I made, you know, what I thought a Terminator would have looked like if an orc made it. And I thought, I'll get him to make that one first because I really want to paint one, you know. And, um, you know, the, the original that I'd sculpted was in bits and pieces and, and I didn't want to sort of just put it together, glue it and then paint it and then just not be able to do anything with it. So I thought, I think maybe people might like that. They might see the humour in it. And, again, we'll give it a go. I'll, I'll just see, try this one figure, see how much it costs to get done and um, make a few casts and then, um, you know, see how it goes. So I did, you know, and he cast this figure up for me. I think he made made me 10 or 15 copies and, you know, I got them. They were f- flawless copies. I thought that was great. And um, and I thought, well, that didn't cost that much. I mean, if I sell these for X amount, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll basically cover my costs and, and make a, a little bit of money out of it. And maybe I can sort of pay for someone else to make another mold for me because I knew he was busy. He was just trying to help me. And um, so I ended up, I did, I found another guy, I think he was based in Melbourne and he did, he, I sent him down my universal orc to mold up and um, had some problems, you know, without mentioning his name or anything like that. I had some issues with getting the work done in a timely manner and, and things like that. But eventually he did it, um, and the the you know the mold was good and everything like that, and the casts were good. Um, but I thought to myself, I don't want to go through that hassle again. You know that 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 was like pulling teeth. Uh, so I thought, I, you know, I can't ask Zach because he's busy. Because I think at that stage he was still casting his own stuff uh, as well, so he didn't really have time to do stuff for me. Um, and this guy that that I you know asked in Melbourne, I couldn't really rely on him um, to do more. So I thought I'm just going to need to learn another new skill set. And so I asked Zach again, I said, mate, can you really do me a favor? Can, can you show me, you know, the ins and outs of, of mold making and resin casting? And he said, yep, happy to. Um, And he said, have you read everything on my, you know, resin addicts page? And I said, yep, pretty much. I said, but I'm, I'm better at learning if I see it rather than, you know, and, and I can ask questions while it's going on rather than just watching it, uh, you know, or reading about it. And he said, yeah, no problem. So anyway, he he showed me how to make a mould. Um, he told me what equipment that I needed, um, pointed me in the right direction, and he saved me a ton of time and money in wasted resin, wasted silicon, and because he made all these mistakes himself when he first started. And he said, I can save you that, you know, that that hassle and, and wastage um, because if you don't get told certain things, you will make the same mistakes. And uh, I think he was right. Um, but anyway, yeah, look, he, he pointed me on the right track and uh, I started making my own moulds. Um, 
And, you know, that's now, what, six years later, um, I've got over 100 figures in my range um, and uh, it's it's continuing to grow all the time. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a bit of a wild ride. Yeah, that's awesome to hear, mate. I'm really glad and really proud to um, to see you actually formed a company, mate, out of all this, out of our, like yeah. our hobby, you know what I mean? Like it's been great. Mm. Um, but I think the most famous one of those, the product lines you have there, are the um, the Smurfs. I, I like to call them the Smurfs, but they're like the squats of um... <laughs> <laughs> the, the egg bots. The egg bots. The egg bots and the and the 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 squat looking Swarfs. guys. Yeah, Swarfs. The Smurfs. Yes. The swarfs. It's like something like a space Cap slap, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah swarfs. There's a, there's a reason I call them swarfs, um, and well, actually, there's several reasons I call them swarfs. Uh, the first one was because I couldn't call them, you know, squats or or demiurg or or what's the one that Mantic called them, forge barbers or something like. You know, obviously, there's IP out there that you can't just take. You've got to think of your own thing. Um, the Swarfs, um, I named them that because I thought, well, Space Dwarf. What's short for Space Dwarf? Swarf. And funnily enough, um, if you know anything about the engineering uh, trade, um, Swarf is actually the side effect of, of um, what comes out of a hole when you drill into it. Um, so it, it, uh, you may remember that from from your old days at um at, Coventry Fasteners, Josh. Don't remind um, me, mate. Don't remind me. For God's sake. <laughs> but yeah, Swarf was, I, I just thought that was a, a nice dual um, uh, meaning to, to, you know, the name because I thought, well, you know, dwarfs or space dwarfs, they're meant to be miners and, and fully into fabricating things and, you know, metalworking and, you know, all that sort of stuff and drilling and, and everything like that. And I thought, well, Swarf is a real thing and, and space dwarf is, is a non-real thing. We'll just call them swarfs. Um, so yeah. Plus, you know, I mean, again, I mean, part of the reason why my range ended up evolving the way that it has uh, stems back from a couple things. I mean, it was really a desire to make figures that games workshop never made. Um, and you know, for example, you know, I, I mentioned the the Terminator, um, the Space Hawk parody of the Terminator. Um, I always wished that Kev Adams um, had have sculpted the full range of of races for forty k, not just the squat, the Eldar, and the Space Marine that he did. So he did three Tin Boys, and I love those figures. I've, I've got them, you know, and, and the the. They sit proudly on my shelf, front and centre in my Orc army, and I love them. They're just awesome sculpts. And I wished that he'd just done all the other ones as well. Um, and that's why I thought, well, he's not going to do it unless I pay him. And I couldn't, you know, at that time, I couldn't afford to sort of pay him uh, to commission me, you know, private sculpts like that. So I thought, oh, I'll just give it a go myself. And so that's why the, the Terminator came along. And then I did another uh, Marine sort of version, but I call them Marines with a Z. Um, and again, that they're, they're, you know, different to the old, you know, GW ones, but they're my own spin on on that sort of stuff. Um, and, and then I thought, well, you know, it's not just those figures that I wished were done. Um, you know, I wish they'd made more squats in exile armor. 
um, because they only ever made four. Um, if you don't count the the unreleased one that you know they made several years later, but originally, you know, in, in the old Rogue Trader days, they made two Imperial uh, X armor squats and two Chaos X armor squats, um, and that's it. So the variety was pretty bloody small, and I thought, well, why didn't they make you know different variants of, of the Chaos you know uh, factions and and or more variations and more weapons and things like that and you know, I, I love the uh, the look of them. You know, and, you know, they used to be called eggs on legs. You know that that was the the you know colloquial name for them, or at least where you know in my gaming circle anyway. And um, I thought, well, I want to increase my you know eggs on legs in, in my army, so I'll, I'll make my own. And I thought, well, that'd be a pretty easy shape to start with, and something pretty easy to sculpt to start with, and and. And that's where they came from. So, I mean, it's a funny little story behind that too. Um, the range of, of egg bots that I've got, I think out of the 115 odds figures or so that are in my range, probably 80 are egg bot variants, maybe 85 egg bot variants in some way. And all of those variants stem back from two eggbot bodies that I sculpted. Um, and the majority are actually one of those, not the other one. Um, so I don't know. Do you ever remember the story that uh, that Jez Goodwin used to tell about the, the space marine that was used for everything? No, mate, no. Please tell us. He, um, back in the day when he first started, you know, uh, sculpting the new space marine range, he made um, a dolly or, or a, a basic space marine. And that was used as like a, a dolly, like they cast up, you know, 20 of them and then he re-sculpted uh, and over-sculpted all different variances based on this one body. And every time they did it, <clears throat> um, it had to get vulcanized again. And, you know, with the, the vulcanization process with green stuff, it, it can it can really sort of darken and discolor the, um, the original green. And anyway... I saw a picture once um, somewhere online where he showed this original mang you know, mangled old bloody space marine that he used as the basis for everything. And, you know, again, like when he did these over-sculpting and pose repositions and things like that, and then he'd, he'd over-sculpt those other ones that he'd sculpted and, and it just, it's literally snowballs. So from one figure created hundreds of figures. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what I've been doing with the egg bots. Um, because I've never created a new eggbot literally from scratch since I made those two figures. Every eggbot in my range um, has started from those two, and it's been an oversculpt of an oversculpt or a conversion uh, of an oversculpt. So it, it's just yeah, it, it's um, it's a pretty cool and quick way of actually building up a range without spending a hell of a lot of time um, making new stuff from scratch. Um, so that was the egg bots, but, you know, one other interesting thing with, you know, the whole Swarf background was that, um, I'd always, you know, when I was making these egg bots and thinking, okay, well, that'd be cool to add to my, you know, my old, uh, uh, squat or chaos squat army. Um, and I can play it by myself, you know, you know, with mates and stuff like that, obviously don't need to go out into public or, you know, um, conventions or, or tournaments and stuff like that as play for fun. Um, 
so it doesn't really matter. But I thought, you know, I wouldn't mind actually having more squats. Um, and I thought, well, maybe I'll do squats or my own version of squats um, one day. And that sat in the back of my mind for a while. And, and then funnily enough, about, I don't know, three, four months after I had that sort of thought about, you know, what I was going to do in that side of things, <clears throat> had a fella from the US contact me um, and say, oh, look, I'm um, wondering if you can cast some uh, figures for me. I was like, yeah, okay, no problem. What's the, you know, what's the thing? And long story short, he'd, he'd bought the rights to um, a half a dozen bodies that Steve Marchant um, in the UK, uh, aka Inso, um, sculpted. Uh, Steve is is he's been making his own fan sculpts of, of um, squats for ages. And funnily enough, I'd I'd actually seen his bodies that that you know this this guy had bought um, posted online probably a year or two earlier. I'm thinking that's pretty cool, and. Um, and anyway, you know, this guy told me that he'd bought the rights to reproduce it and so on and so forth. And, you know, as long as Steve gets credit for, you know, the original bodies and whatnot, um, it's, it's all good. So I thought, okay, well, that that actually gives me a, a good reason to um, start sculpting, you know, the, the swarfs um, because I've been putting it off and getting sidetracked with other sculpts that I've been doing. And, um, and anyway, so these these bodies turned up in the mail and, and, you know, they were just as they looked like in the, you know, photos that I remembered in that. And I sort of sat on them for a little while. I'm thinking, okay, well, what, what I'm going to do here, how am I going to do this? And, and I looked at them and they, they weren't exactly my style. And, and I, that, that's no disrespect to Steve's sculpts at all whatsoever, but his sculpting style is different to my sculpting style. Um, you know, Steve's, the original figures had a, quite a few rounded edges on them. They weren't sort of overly sharp. Like I, I like to get sharp detail on, on my figures. Um, so what I ended up doing is actually making molds of the bodies instead of sort of, you know, over sculpting the, the original bodies that I've been sent. Um, so I over sculpted, sorry, I molded up new bodies and then I over sculpted and, and sharpened up the detail on, on these, these dollies that I'd made. Um, and, you know, sculpted some arms and, and new weapons and stuff and, and then sculpted a whole range of heads. So I think I've sculpted probably, I don't know, 20 different heads, uh, all different kinds, you know, helmets, no helmets, sunglasses, no sunglasses, mohawks, you know, baseball caps, um, you know, the, the Anzac style hats, um, safari hats. Like there's quite a few that I've done that I actually haven't released yet. Um, sometimes I, I give them out in in random packs of of swarfs when I sell them as extras, um, but I don't advertise them. Um, so yeah, look, it it um, it was a good chance for me to put my own stamp on those sculpts. Um, <laughs> one thing that that I ended up doing was give them a bit more uh, bum. <laughs> Steve's sculpts had uh, very flat that he had they. Had, old man bums, like that literally you, you looked at, at them from the side, you know, side view, and, and they kind of almost went straight down. 
And I thought, no, nah, I've got to, I've got to do. That's like do my something. Then. That's well, well described. Thank you very much, Marcus. I've got a, I've got <laughs> yeah. a squat bum. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, so I, I over sculpted and, and did some more, you know, chopping and changing and whatnot, and sharpened up some detail and things like that. And um, and yeah, made made my own versions of them. And uh, yeah, look, I don't have too many in the range yet of those, but I do have plans to do a lot more, and including chaos swarfs because again i mean my original army was chaos squats and um whilst i do have imperial ones um i've got a lot more in, in the chaos side of things so i've expanded um both of those but definitely going to be making mutated versions of them and, and evil looking ones and horns and whatever and tails and stuff like that so yeah look there's there's plenty more on the on the horizon there with them and i'm, I'm looking forward to doing them so that's awesome mate well that's that's wonderful and it's been really really interesting and um i'm really happy for you mate to see the rise of uh where we where we miniatures uh yeah, on facebook because that's where it sort of primarily exists yeah uh, in the facebook realm so yeah. i'll definitely drop links in the show notes for people to go and check out uh where will where weevil miniatures for themselves yeah. to check out the full range um because there's some really really good quality stuff in there um, of uh, what you've done there, mate, over the years. And it's been yeah. really interesting to see how that's sort of evolved and how it's sort of grown in popularity, which has been really, really good. Yeah, um, look, it's it's been interesting. I mean, I've been able to sell, you know, miniatures to people from all over the world, like yeah, literally mate. everywhere. Yeah. Like, And, um, you know, even places like Alaska. Um, wow. Just, I, just, I could just imagine someone sitting there painting in, in like a, you know, <laughs> a tundra, you know, surrounded by nothing but white snow and ice. So Yeah, that's um, brilliant. And then, you know, since I had the the website up and running, you know, um, www.wherewevilminiatures.com, um, that's got all the whole range on it and um, and new stuff that uh, is added. And when I have specials and things like that and sales, which I've had a couple of those, which have gone down really well. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, when I find time, I, I'll, you know, update the blog and add new, new little stories to it as well. So there's always sort of, things uh being added to that so um, good stuff mate that's awesome that's yeah great. well i'll leave i'll leave a link to the external uh website as well so we can check, check you out unfortunately yep. we just run out of time mate so thank yeah. you very much again for coming to join us again on the crown of command and uh, i hope your business at uh, where we will miniatures if i can say it properly uh <laughs> will continue to grow over the over the decades mate so all the best Thanks, yeah cheers no problem, mate. Okay, well, you take care of yourself and the family and uh, yeah, I hope to see too. you in person to play some second edition 40K at some point. Yeah, mate, that'd be great. That'd be, that'd be the dream, mate. All right, mate, will you take yeah. care and you um, speak to you again soon. Okay, mate. All bye right, bye. cheers, Josh. See you, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.